solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, fans of the Houston Texans, listeners of the show. Welcome to the Locked On Texas podcast, the Monday edition. Victory. Of the Victory on- Monday Victory. edition. We go ahead two weeks in a row, a part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. I am John, some sports guy Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. This NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On podcast network. August 30th through September 8th, the Locked On NFL podcast. It's previewing every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts to tune in in the beginning, starting August 30th. So you guys definitely do not want to miss that. As mentioned, joined by Cody Davis, what we got on today's menu. Give him the rundown. Let's hop into it. And on this Victory Monday of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to take a look at what adjustments the Texans need to make to their offense. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, looking at a couple of players who might be on the bubble of making the 53-man roster because on tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time, the Texans need to cut their roster down from 85 to 80. But we're going to get this latest installment of Locked On Texans kicked off. John and listeners, I want to ask a simple question. Is it safe to get excited about the Houston Texans defense? And if you saw the game, the 20 to 14 victory over the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday for the first time, possibly since the 2018 season, back when you still had Honey Badger and Clowney and J.J. Watt. This is possibly the first time since that season that I could honestly say the Texans won an NFL game based solely on their defense. And yes, once again, I understand that this is a preseason game, but like David Cully said last week, it doesn't matter if it's a preseason game, a regular season game, or a playoff game. There's still going to be a winner and a loser because they are keeping score. And when I take a look at this Texans defense, John, there are reasons to be excited about it. On Saturday, they recorded four takeaways, one fumble, three interception. And as everybody know, Lonnie Johnson Jr. carried out Lovey Smith's philosophy for taking the ball away perfectly because not only does Lovey Smith want the Texans to take, take the ball away, but he wants to convert defense into offense and Lonnie Johnson scored the Texans first pick six of the season I also would like to add that it was kind of funny right before the game they uh the 2010s they put up the most takeaways for NFL teams Mm -hmm. three of those teams including the Rams of course we know two of those years with Chicago was Lovey Smith led defenses and uh you know they also alluded to how Lovey Smith's doesn't just necessarily want turnovers, but he won't takeaways. And in that game, as you mentioned, Cody, Lonnie Johnson, his first NFL interception returned to the house as well, even though it's preseason. That's good for his confidence. We are expecting a lot of good things out of Lonnie Johnson this year, kind of as a Swiss Army knife for this defensive backfield. And we also had the strip sack by Jacob Martin, who continues to prove why he deserves more snaps. This team, man, 
want to say this. Last year, this is what we were expecting throughout the entire training camp. Remember <laughs> what we heard last year? Exactly. Exotic. Exotic, right? But, you know, the thing about exotic is people love meat and potatoes. You know, when it's all said and done, you go to some of these restaurants and they, they give you great service and whatever, but the food just ain't good. That's what they were serving last year with that exotic. No, exotic only works when everything else around you is exotic. This year, it's much more of a team with meat and potatoes. We're going to do what we got to do and get off, get this team off the field. That's what I saw. And in, in, in the first two weeks of preseason, shout out to Roy Lopez, two games, two sacks, <laughs> and, and two salsa dances. But that's what we got out of this defense was meat and potatoes. Let's get back to what really makes sense. And, and, John, to even prove your point a little bit further, you know, those are just guys who made highlights. You know, you talked about Roy Lopez. I just mentioned Lonnie Johnson Jr. You also got to take a look at Shaheem Carter, Charles Aminihu, Jacob Martin. All of those players that we just named made the highlights into why the Texans defense looks so exotic, into why the Texans defense looks so good against the Dallas Cowboys. But the best thing I love about Houston's defense so far is the fact that it is across the board everybody on the defensive side of the ball with the exception of a few here and there but everybody on the defensive side of the ball is stepping up and making plays you take a look at the texans run defense over the last two games they have only given up an average of 72 rushing yards per game last season alone they gave up a league worst 160. And part of the reason why the Texans have looked better in their run defense is because guys like Ross Blacklock, because guys like Jaleel Johnson for the second week in a row, he is showcasing the ability to be an important factor to the Texans defense, mainly in their run defense. John and listeners, I don't know about you guys, but I counted at least four different occasions where Jaleel Johnson had a run stop by himself. Yeah, man. And one thing about this defense, because I think they were the stars, undoubtedly, from Saturday's game, right? Mm -hmm. um, one thing about this defense is, many who is interchangeable for using that the three and five technique. First play made a stop from the five technique uh, coming over on the, the run, run tackle. He got uh, the very first play of the game. He has shown so much improvement from his first year to last year and this year, right? And in and, and practice throughout training camp, he has progressed uh, tremendously. He's one of those players before we even got to training camp, you know, with the absence of JJ Watt, and I would not say he'll fill his void, but I do believe, I do believe that I mean, who, who had two sacks on Saturday will have uh, around seven and a half to eight sacks this year. Uh, and, and I think that's how good he can be for Houston, especially in between playing the five and the three technique. And the good thing about it is there's times where we saw it on Saturday. If he's at the five technique or if he squeezed down at the three technique, then Jacob Martin may be in that wide nine where he got that strip sack, right? Also, Malik Collins jumped off the screen for me. Jacob Martin continues to prove that he can do a, a little bit of everything. On the running back draw, he came from the outside, stunning in to create immediate pressure on the A-gap. That led to Ross Blacklock cleaning that up uh, and getting the tackle on Pyer. The play before that, Jaleel Johnson, as you mentioned, did a great job of squeezing down that line, flowing to the ball, and he made a play. This defensive line has at least three interchangeable players within the one 
and three technique that they can switch out. And then they'll fill the void at the DNs. I like what they have. They may have a package where the New York Giants had it a few years ago, early in the decade, in and off in the last decade, the uh, NASCAR package. And Houston may be able to do something between Amenahu, Jenkins, uh, Martin, uh, and you may be able to throw Ross Blacklock because I think he's more the athletic defensive tackle on this defensive front. But they're going to create that pressure and it's going to help the defensive backs who were able to capitalize on what they were able to do early on with the defensive line and the linebackers will have a better chance of flowing to the ball. What we didn't see last year because the defensive line was getting blew up so much, they got in the way of the linebackers. This is what we wanted to see out of Lovey Smith. I think the question of whether or not Lovey Smith still had it was a fair question. We, we've all asked that question, considering what we saw out of him in college in the last couple of years uh, in the NFL, the last go round. It was fair. He's starting to put to rest some of those questions about whether or not he can coach in today's game. And it's proven that this 4-3 defense fits the players that they have uh, on this roster than that 3-4 would have fit what we saw the last year. So, I, I, you know, coming out of Saturday's game, there's no way that you're not excited about the possibilities of what this defense could do. This defense is also disciplined on all three levels, Cody. Kudos to this well-coached defense. And I do want to make some quick comparisons about what we saw throughout the first two preseason games versus what we saw in 2020. In their first two preseason games, the Texans have only – giving up an average of 12 points per game um last season alone they gave up nearly 30. um when you take a look at the takeaways in two preseason games this is a defense that has recorded a total of six takeaways so far Throughout the entire 2020 season they only recorded nine john listeners there are a lot of reasons to feel excited about this defense but at the end of the day you have to still take a look at the reality of the situation the defense has looked good during OTAs. The defense has looked phenomenal during training camp. And as everyone has been able to see, the defense has looked extremely, extraordinarily good through the first two games of preseason. But let's keep in mind, <laughs> this is still a defense that did not get an opportunity to go up against Aaron Rodgers. This is a defense that did not go up against um, Ezekiel Elliott and, and Dak Prescott. And, you know, it's a little bit unfortunate, but this is still a defense that in the practice, they did not go up against Deshaun Watson. So all I will say is, regardless of who they are going up against on that opposite line of scrimmage, if the Texans can replicate half or at least 75% of what we have been seeing through our OTAs, training camp in these two preseason games, the Texans are going to be a very decent team for this upcoming season. Absolutely. Well, defensively, we got to talk about this offense, what we saw on Saturday. There are some, uh, what I like to call it, uh, well, my boy Gator from the other guys, discrepancies. <laughs> and I may be grounded after this podcast by some of the listeners and fans of the Houston Texans, but we got to get into it. Before we get into the Texans offense, it's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of your pro and college football action this season. Get the updated odds, the props, the contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest 
and the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champions, Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Thank you guys for sticking around, checking out today's episode. Hey, before we talk about the Houston Texans offense, I got a shout out, you know, just some differences that we saw, right? I mean, I, I want to put this out in the air. And I've been, I've, I've had my comments about this team as well. So nobody is above it, but. Houston is not the worst franchise in the NFL. I think the conversation of Houston being the worst franchise is when people get hindsight and go and look what the last couple of years have been, right? But then I I just was sitting and it dawned on me that David Culley is Houston's fourth coach in franchise history. The franchise started in 2001. Well, officially played. 2001, 2002. Detroit has had 10 in that time span. So, yeah. I just want to say that. So you're talking about not just for this season, like just in general. Just in general. Like, you know, people, what happened with Hopkins, Wyden, Mm -hmm. Watson, and and DJ Reader, and all the firings, and we look at uh, Cal McNair, how he's handled everything, and Jack Easterby, why does he have a storyline? And of course, Bill O'Brien, the entity himself, you guys got to understand, man. The Detroit Lions has had 10 head coaches in 20 years. That's pretty bad. Let me go ahead and move on to the offensive side of the ball for Houston. And I got to tell you, Houston really wants to commit to the run game, but Houston is not confident in that right side of the line. Now, I was a big Max Sharpin supporter, but it just seems like that right side of Houston's offensive line is lacking just lacking what they can hold. Their, their side of the ball. Like, hold up what you can do, right? Really? Also, yeah. I, I, also, I, 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 I'm sorry to cut you off really quick, but I thought the right side of, of the offensive line, especially the more so during the first half, was the was the best part of the run game not for because me. I, uh, me, Matt Sharpen did not look when good I when I look at Charlie situations. Heck when I look at Charlie Heck and even when I look at Matt Sharpen they there was times when they did open up some pretty solid gaps for the running backs to run through and some of their best runs throughout Saturday's game unless I was looking at it differently but some of the Texans' best runs did come on the right side to me personally I would say the left side was a little bit worse because Christian. He isn't going to cut it. But at the same time, I don't want to harp on that left side of the offensive line too much because Laramie Tunsil wasn't there, and this was Titus Howard's first game of the preseason. Right, but check this out, right? You said that you saw uh, some of those good runs happen on the right side. I also wanted to point this out before I get back to the left side. Uh, Kelly and Campen getting creative in what they want to do with this run game, and I will say that. And I love seeing Howard pull. 
that is why you may have saw some of those big runs. There was one early in the game where he pulled, knocked out the linebacker guy, and allowed the running back. I think it was Philip Lindsay to get to the second level. That is what I like about uh, why Howard should be the left guard. And I also like his ability to combo block and get to the next level. There were times where uh, on the uh, touchdown, he picked up a blitz after combo blocking. Howard at left guard is established. I don't think he needs to move back to the right side again. I will say this, that Charlie Heck and Max Sharpen combined for three pressures allowed on the quarterback, uh, two by Heck, one by Max Sharpen. But, you know, they are not – you can't be confident because the two guys that you brought in to really – be etched in stone at those positions have not taken the field. So that's a worry in itself. That's the reason why you can't be confident. We know that Larry Tunsil is going to be ready week one. We're seeing that Titus Howard, he's going to be ready for week one. Justin Britt, he's going to be ready for week one. Uh, Cannon, Brian, I mean, I'm sorry, not Brian, Lane Taylor, those guys are the two guys that you wanted to make sure was in that competition room uh, to create that competition, what they've been speaking the entire year, they haven't played, and I am not confident in that right side of the offensive line, but I will say uh, Howard and his athleticism will do this team justice, and Tim Kelly, James Camp, and Danny Beard, those, those guys working together to get creative in the run game, to establish the run game, that's something we need to applaud. We also got to look at Andy Bischoff, right, because tight ends in the offensive line work hand-in-hand. And there was a cool concept I saw where Pharaoh Brown pulled on an Ingram run on the uh, offensive third drive, Texas third drive on offense, kicked out on the end, the DN on that play, and allowed Mark Ingram to uh, move the chains. So we're going to see if this is any 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 opening to what we're going to see in the, in the in the future. We're going to see guys move around to create space. And if you can get some of these talented players in space in one-on-one opportunities to where all they got to do is put their foot in the ground and move, one cut move, that is amazing. And Phil Brown did a very good job on that pull block as well. I love that. The concept of moving your players around to create different looks that the defense had to get ready for. That's something that needs to be reported on as well. Well, for me, John and listeners, I actually want to go back and take a look at the Texans run game yet again. Now, Going back to last week's win against the Green Bay Packers, I think we all got a sense that the Texans offense in 2021 is going to be made up with an equal amount of passing plays along with an equal amount of rushing plays, to say the least. And you take a look at how well the Texans ran the ball against the Green Bay Packers. They recorded a total of 170 yards on the ground against the Dallas Cowboys. They recorded a total number of 89 That's a significant drop-off from the production that we saw from the Texans' run game last week, especially when you consider that the Texans only ran the ball 10 more times in Green Bay last week. I understand it that this is going to be an offense that's going to rely heavily on the run, but going into the 2021 season, especially when you play against teams like the Cleveland Browns, establishing a run is going to be really difficult. I'm hoping that David Culley and his coaching staff take time to make adjustments on the fly. They have to use the weapons that they have for that wide receiving core. And I get it. You're not going in with Deshaun Watson under center, but Tyrod Taylor 
and Davis Mills, that is still a decent, those are two decent quarterbacks you can still win some games with. Well, I'm not going to say Davis Mills because I'm going to be honest with you. I was not impressed by his uh, play on Saturday. Uh, I, I thought that there was opportunities where he could have moved the chains a little bit more. But to his defense, he was playing with second and third stringers. And I will like to give him a, a you know, applaud him for his throws that he made on play action passes. Now, he was good on that. But I will say this. I wanted to see more of Tyrod Taylor. When you only have three preseason games now, this is a, a pivotal and a very important game. You know, what can Tyrod Taylor do for an offense for an entire quarter, for an entire half? And how can he get that rhythm with players? Nico Collins wasn't out there, mind you, but, you know, him and Conley continue to establish that relationship along with Brandon Cooks, who didn't play that many snaps. I, I wanted to see more, and I was disappointed in that but I also understand the football side of it. Like we need to keep these guys ready and healthy for week one when we take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I get it. But, you know, uh, for Mills, we know that he is the second string quarterback for this team now, right? Because Jeff Driscoll looked more like a running back on Saturday. <laughs> and I, I don't see him uh, – I really don't see him getting any, any meaningful snaps. But Mills has a lot of growing to do, and he'll be okay. We're not asking a lot of him right now. We're not asking anything at all right now. Just continue to grow. And that's that's a positive for him. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353.99 at Advance, a big chain store. But it only cost $216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know about the Bill Bar flavors, you're missing out on flavors like raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and much more. Know what my favorite flavor is? Honestly, that cookies and cream, you cannot go wrong with that. 
And around the holiday time, they have this churro marshmallow that is to die for. The reason why I love those flavors, not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Each bar has between 7 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever flavor you like. Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Bill.com. Betting on your Houston Texans doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, Wrong team, favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Cody Davis, John, some sports guy Hickman before we get out of here on today's show. Thank you guys for sticking around to the Locked On Texans podcast. I did have some things that I wanted to mention. Once again, I don't think Houston is confident in that right side of the offensive line yet. Uh, I think Houston has very good depth across the defensive line, Cody, especially at the inside techniques. And Houston has very good depth in that secondary. We really didn't talk about the secondary too much when we discussed uh, the Texas game this Saturday on the defensive side of the ball. Saheem Carter, who was a guy that I had making the first round of cuts when they had to get down to 85 he made a play. Of course, Lonnie Johnson made a play. Roy Lopez with another sack. Jacob Martin with a strip sack. Charles Ominahu, uh, two sacks, and, and they were close to one another. I'm proud of this defense and the product because people completely, you know, completely wrote this, wrote this team off. But you know who we're not giving credit to? Eric Murray looks much better this year than what we saw to him last year. Hmm. Right. Kudos to Eric Murray. And it just shows the difference of what you can and cannot get out of a player due to coaching. Right. Uh, and that that goes to a, a couple of players like we're seeing a much better version of Ross Blacklock. We're seeing a much better version of Lonnie Johnson, who I think he was just in a situation where he needed to get comfortable playing a new position in the biggest level of football, which is the NFL. And I also want to take a look at that linebacking core between Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Zach Cunningham, Christian Kirksey, uh, you know, Joe Thomas. Those guys look good on Saturday. I, I still think that there's some coverage issues that can be worked out. But for the most part, I love the way that they flew to the ball. They flew to the ball. They made great angles. Um, and, and I think the small things that need to be worked on just needs to come with time. They're going to have to continue to play with each other. Uh, so I'm expecting to see them play some significant snaps this last preseason game coming up at home. Finally, Houston will be returning to the, uh, to the NRG. But defensively, man, I got to highlight Eric Murray because Houston played a lot of high safety on Saturday, had Eric Murray down in the box when he was on the field a lot of times, and he made plays, whether it was making a play physically, what you saw, tackle, interception, you know, things like that, 
or just being at the right spot at the right time and taking away a play for the offense. Like that was huge. And we, like I mentioned, we really, we, I'm not going to say we counted out Lovey, but the question mark of whether or not he can do anything in this league was fair. Right. When you see progression out of players like Eric Murray, that is one of those, you know, it's the answer to that question. Like, well, look how he's playing now. He's playing a whole lot better. So kudos to him on, on just solidifying himself as the number one safety. Uh, well, the starting safety alongside of Justin Reed, who also looked good. And we really got to give this team some credit because they've really fought to get to this place. Also want to add out, is Shaq Lawson a shoe-in to make this team? I'm uh, sorry, but he was playing late in the, uh, I want to say, fourth quarter. That I don't think that's the case anymore. I'm glad that you brought him up, John, because I'm looking at this defensive line, and I'm saying to myself, you got Jacob Martin, you got Charles Aminahu, Roy Lopez, Jaleel Johnson. Of course, you know, you still got to take into consideration uh, Whitney Merciless. I'm looking at Shaq Lawson. I don't think he's going to be a name that we are going to, when we get the notification that the Texans have cut their roster down from 85 to 80, I don't think he's going to be on this round of cuts. But I'm starting to get concerned on whether or not Sha- Shaq Lawson, like you just alluded to, whether or not he's going to be able to make this team. I think he will. I don't know about I, I that. I think he will. I, I think when I look at him, I, I think his upside is is a little bit better than Walker, who had a sack on Saturday. But for this team and the competitive nature that they set around this team, moving on from Shaq Lawson after he traded for him to get out of that Bernard McKinney deal, I think that wouldn't necessarily be smart. You can never have too many interchangeable pieces for a team that doesn't have one solid foundation, right? In the past, you had J.J. Watts, so you would have to build around J.J. Watt. This year, you don't have a J.J. Watt. So what you need to do is have players who can fill the void at any level. These guys up front, they get tired, they get gassed, and at some point you're going to need to bring somebody in that can fill in that person's shoe and bring in something that can make you know make a difference for this defense. That's why I think Shaq Lawson will make this team. Uh, but yeah, he played a lot into this second half. And that just got me thinking whether or not Houston is heavily invested in him, like they may be with a Jaleel Johnson, with a with a Jacob Martin, with a Ross Blacklock. That's something to keep our eye on. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.